Hey y'all, it's been a while. Welcome back. It's, um, it was more than a month, which was not my intent, but, um, I moved and I did a lot of cool things, mostly moving, not gonna lie to you. Um, but I'm in my new place, so now we're back to our regularly scheduled weekly episodes. Um, so just a fun little thing I've decided to do. I decided to, like, open it up a little bit and do some, at least for this fall, I wanted to make some, like, episodes about, uh, like, pop culture classics, if that makes sense. So we're gonna get into some Stephen King, some, like, must-reads for fall. And so we got planned Stephen King, we have planned, um... Interview with Vampire, I'm going to also try and possibly hit Dracula if I can find a guest that wants to be on it. So I will keep you guys posted if that happens. But we have quite a few of Salem's Lot episodes uh, coming up, so I hope you all will enjoy them. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Belly Buggish Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Salem's Lot with two of my very good friends. So we have Nova, who's been on a lot of episodes at this point. I feel like I say that, but I don't really think you've been on that many. But my brain's like, all of the episodes. Every episode is... I think I've been on more of your Patreon ones at this point than any. Because you're like, hey, Patreon idea. Do you want to do it? I'm like, sure, let's do it. You're like, hell yeah, let's do that. And then we also have James, who is the gothic storyteller over on Twitch. Hello, hello, hello. I should probably note that these videos are not going to be used, just so you know. <laughs> I know, so it's like, I'm like doing all these weird hand signals, and it's all like, people are be like, what the hell is this dork? <laughs> nah, it's a, it's the Twitch energy. We get used to the video being used, and then yeah. I just like, yeah. go to edit, and I'm like, video, throw it away. You're, you're trying to be so lively, but I don't have a very lively voice. I have more of a relaxing voice from what I've been told, so... Yeah, well, I have I was told I have a monotone voice, but, you know, I was like, I heard that and I was like, what if I start a podcast? <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't take anybody's words with what our voices sound like, personally. I also have, like, a lot of hand gestures, too, which isn't helpful on an audio medium. Oh, yeah, that is for sure. It's fine. Imagine I, I that. Don't, you also do you a do lot know of Spotify faces. has video, right? I just don't want to edit video. I don't. <laughs> You make faces and it's like. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Too many faces. I should just like describe them all the time. I, because I know you so well, I've gotten to the point. I can listen to your podcast and you'll pause to make a face and I know exactly what face you're making. <laughs> that sounds right. Well, like half the time, oh, whenever I listen is. to, when I listen to some of her podcasts, it's all like, I can imagine the eye rolls. Mm-hmm. and everything and then it's all like when you're talking about this one specific thing and it's like oh my god it's just a book don't go that deep into it and it's like and it's like oh my god and it's like i'll be sitting here laughing while i'm like having breakfast and it's like it's like the <laughs> savageness in this woman i swear listen what else is gonna give me the serotonin that i need i could work out but you know what's more fun ripping apart 
old classics who the authors aren't alive. Except Stephen King's still alive, so we're fine. <laughs> is, is he now a classic? Is he considered a classic now? I'm considering him in modern classics, personally. Like, I do classics yeah. and I do modern classics, so I was like, eh, throw it in there. I, I feel like at this point, he is well-known enough that he just falls into the classics, even though he's still alive. It's just... Oh, yeah, there yeah. he is. Well, like, his works go all the way back to the 70s, which I think Carrie, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I think so, everything. yeah. So that's been 50 years, but... I don't know, to me, I usually don't consider Good anything Lord. a classic until the until the author's been dead for more than 10 years, and then it's like, bam, it's a classic, you know? It's, <laughs> you know, like what they did to the past, you know, like Lovecraft and Poe and, yeah. you know, all the other ones, you know, they have to be dead for a certain amount of time before they're considered a classic, and, yeah. See, I throw things in modern classic because, like, yeah. the problem is, is that if you just read, quote, classics, you're just going to get a lot of white men, and that's annoying, so I don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> so, it's open to interpretation. If you don't okay. think it's a modern classic, I don't really care, uh, but this is my <laughs> podcast, so <laughs> too bad. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's talk about Salem Lots, friends. So... The prologue, which, first of all, love a good prologue. Always love a good prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the get-go, we get these two dudes traveling around, uh, getting jobs along the way, trying to find something called Jerusalem's Lot. And I love when you get the title of the book right at the beginning. Nothing brings yeah. me more joy. It's like Family Guy whenever uh, Peter's in the theater and uh, they say the name of the title of the movie, and then Peter's like, ah, like they just said the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it brings, I love it so much. Uh, this kid's having nightmares. This man doesn't want to blot out Jerusalem's lot, whatever that means. Don't know, I still don't know what's going on with these people, but we have that. Um, so after getting a book deal, the man crosses the border. And they live in uh, Los Zapatos? I don't know how to say that. Zapatos or something like that? Maybe. You figured me living in Texas, I should know Spanish pretty damn well, but I don't. I could call my siblings. With French? Same. Not Spanish. (laughs) I could call my siblings, but I don't feel like it. So we'll just guess. And then everybody can email me about how I'm wrong. It's fine. That's fair too. Oh, and apparently that means the shoes. So whatever shoes is in Spanish, that. Yeah. So uh, the boy is being taken to the church for reasons, I guess. Um, And then we finally get a news article about Jerusalem's lot. And apparently it's a ghost town. Uh, apparently the entire town just simply vanished in the middle of the day in the middle of whatever they were doing which I feel like is kind of a movie trope we start seeing a lot with like dystopian mm-hmm. things and it, I guess it like arcs back to um, Roanoke right? Is that the town that disappeared? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah Roanoke yeah. yes with, with, with the is it Croatoan that was carved onto the tree? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes Honestly, I feel like it's just a spicy meme, right? Like, what? (laughs) I just feel like if you really wanted to prank and get out of taxes, you just 
disappear and make it seem like the entire town just up and disappeared like a spicy meme. Just throwing it out In- there. Interesting. 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 I was going to say, I I think it could even go back to Pompeii. I think they did it best. Well, th- yeah, that was like a lot more <laughs> scary, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fiery volcano and, you know. Fiery volcano some- or tax evasion. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen that new video game that says turn up boy and tax evasion or something? What? Yeah, I don't know. I have Game Pass and it popped up and I was like, ooh. Never if the IRS is listening so to this, I'm totally tax paying my evasion, taxes. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, if the IRS is listening to this, I'm totally paying my taxes. Don't worry. We're going to, Rachel's just going to disappear for the longest time. We're going to be like, oh, where's Rachel? And this will be evidence that she committed tax fraud <laughs> and she's in jail. <laughs> Me hiding out at camp. You, how'd you get here? <laughs> Me, <Right>. tax abrasion. <laughs> they never know you're there. So apparently everybody just like started kind of slowly moving out of this town until everybody disappeared. And they kind of seemed to have like left in the middle of whatever they were doing for the day, which is strange. Um, there's also absolutely no businesses left in Salem's lot, which is something that kind of arcs back to like when mining was a big thing. Those like ghost mm-hmm. mining towns where yeah. like the mines dried up and then people are like, there's no reason to live 50 miles away from the nearest railroad track. We should probably go. Yeah. So it's like when nobody lives there, businesses can't stay afloat. Everybody I- yeah loki was like was this what happened like are we gonna get like some mining story there's like this tragic accident and everyone's like peace bye that's what i was wrong you're you're not wrong you know because (laughs) as someone who has read this book i'm now on my third time with you guys Mm -hmm. but you know the more you guys are poking these questions i'm like over here like a dungeon master i'm just smiling it's like i know everything (laughs) so you're not wrong you're not you're close you're pretty close you know uh <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta play your cards close to your chest and be like we'll see we I, i'm the guy see. right here that's doing my best not to shout spoilers because this is their first time i think yeah know, reading yes. the book you know I, I i'm the king uh aficionado i guess of a sense because most of my books back here are all king you know i that's who i mostly read that's that, you're that, king of to king. me th- that's Triple H, but that's different. So, <laughs> no, I like it. I, I mean, Stephen King's writing is one of those things where it's it's very it's a very specific style. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, it's not oh, my yeah. favorite, but I like it. the The thing that I've noticed with King's style is that it it doesn't take long for you to get lost in his world, especially in his writing style. But the thing that I've really learned is that there are certain books that he has written that it takes me a long time to get into, like Insomnia. Uh, I think I only had 30 pages left of the book, and I just stopped Mm -hmm. because it kind of felt like he was just pulling. He was, like, slowing stuff down way too much. And it's like, come on, get to the point. You know, Mm -hmm. it's – and and then whenever I read uh, one of his Bachman books, it was the only Bachman book I ever read, I think I only made it halfway through, and I stopped because – I just couldn't. I, I I could not handle. It was some of the writing style, but also too, it was just the context of the story. 
and everything. But there is one thing not to derail too much. But when I discovered the Dark Tower series, uh, after reading book one and then getting into book two, it was like, okay, I really, really like this. But the moment I got into book three, holy hell, folks, it felt like just, you know, putting on a sock. It felt so familiar and it was so easy that when you get in the book three, it's like running, you know, it's mm-hmm. like he taught you how to crawl, taught you how to walk. Now you can run. And yeah, um, to me, that his style in that series has to be some of the most easiest stuff for him to write. And you can tell it's so easy for him to write that, you know, it, it's just easier to get into a King book than anything. I wish I had the discipline to write like Stephen King does like the quantity that he puts out yeah i just wish i was that disciplined i like i know logically it's no longer motivation at that point it's all discipline but i cannot seem to like wrap my head around that concept yeah also his full-time job and not your full-time job (laughs) yeah that's fair you know you see the writers that they're writing his full-time job and they're putting out like four to six books a year because that's all they do is just sit and write one of my writer friends does that and i'm like i want to be you let me be you (laughs) how does it feel to live my dream right rude (laughs) i mean that's good like king still rude king was still i think working as a teacher like even way past him doing carrie if i remember right because i want to sit there say i think Mm -hmm. he had already finished carrie and i think he was working on salem's lot Mm -hmm. yeah this is one of his very first books yeah, this is like number two or number three, if I remember correctly. I have it in my hard. Co- I can tell you for sure when I figure out where I put my hardcover. It's over there. It, it legit says uh, the, the number out of whatever hundred books this man has written. It <laughs> says it in his autobiography thing in the very beginning. I have a little thing. Oh, okay. That's where I read people, that it was like people actually stories. read those. I I just, I just skip all that stuff and get to the story. Salem's Lot says it's second. Nice. Okay, okay. I, 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 I just was... googled chronological order. <laughs> you know, we could have done that, but it's fine. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Um, oh, apparently the boy, though, confesses what happened at the church um, in Jerusalem's lot, and we're still just not getting to learn it, which is fun and fine and dandy. Um. And then the priest asks if they understand what they did in Salem's Lot and what they intend to do about it. And then, uh, oh, so they're going back into Salem's Lot and the boy's like, do you love me? And the man's like, yeah. And I'm like, weird, but okay. Yeah. Ben and Mark have a very father-son dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um uh, in, in the story you, you can definitely sit there and see that so it's weird at the beginning you're like what and then once you get further on it's like oh okay well that was nice creepy at the start but that was nice <laughs> yeah i can't wait to find out who mark is now that we know who ben is wait right yeah 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 uh, but, but ben is who we were first introduced to and then the boy mm-hmm. is mark okay yeah i cannot wait to figure out who mark is but then we get part one a quote from the hill house which is kind of weird i forget that hill house is technically a classic and not just a netflix tv show to be honest um until 
I'm because I don't do much horror personally. So every time I see a like horror book and they put a quote in it, it's a lot of the time it's from Hill House and they're just like, yeah, blah, here you go. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, excuse me. Um, <laughs> why is this here? Yeah. I, apparently, I'm just going to need to read Hill House. I haven't seen the Netflix TV show either, so. I think Hill House is like it's a really really good book, but holy hell, it gets overly quoted. A lot of people overly quote that that book, and then it's like, it's like you do know that woman wrote other books, right? You can quote anything else from other than Hill House. Like I've at least read six or so other books. Two of them are from modern time that have quoted Hill House, and I just want to know if it's being misquoted, like. That's part of the big reason I want to read it. That's just, fair. Yeah. I like it. I like doing that. I, I think know. King would do his homework not to misquote something. No, but in general, like the yeah. other books, yeah. you know, that are like, yeah. or if the quotes are just taken very much out of context and someone's like passing by and they say something that's like really fucked up and people are like, ooh, <laughs> let me like write they that think in. it's all wise and everything. And like the other yeah. person's like, dude, like you really know what that means? Like someone didn't People just go on book. a good read its quotes and just pull a random <laughs> quote out and be like, this fits perfectly. And it's like the complete opposite context. Yeah. But we are in, on to uh, chapter one, Ben. So he's on the highway. Um, he left Salem's Lot when he was seven, it sounds like, which was 25 years ago. So you can do the math and find out how old he is. Um, he sees Marston House, uh, which seems to matter. Which we find out is basically the plot of this book is uh, Marston House and why it's the center point of this entire town. So this dude recently lost his wife in a motorcycle accident and things are not looking good for him. He is, seems to be on a mental decline, which fair enough. Really though. Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine. Right. I'm like, yeah, I was trying to figure out like timeline wise, where we were at, how long this had been since the prologue, but it seems like, we are in the past, obviously, which I learned, yes, we are, from the prologue. The prologue takes place in the, quote, future slash present day. This is past. Um, but yeah, the town seems normal. Obviously, it's not a ghost town, so people live there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just your normal. small little New England town. Like That's, that's pretty much what Jerusalem's lot is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New England town's normal. What? Since when? Not in Stephen King's world, but yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King furiously writing how worse, how much worse can we make Maine? It's funny because know, it... obviously I know Maine and going through it, and he just like mentioned random things, and I'm like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> i'm like oh god here we go i'm like that's actually accurate i wrote i read a book once that took place like a few towns away from me and i was like please no i was like i don't (laughs) like this i hate when you're reading a book and it's like things that could definitely be happening in your town or it sounds like eerily similar to the town you live in and you're like whoa please stop Mm -hmm. this is weird Mm -hmm. yeah 
Uh, so then we are on to chapter two, Susan. Uh, they flash to a younger Ben meeting Susan. Uh, which, okay, here was the problem. I thought Susan was his first wife. I didn't realize who Susan was. Susan is new. Susan is not the first wife that died. But uh, he meets Susan because Susan is drawing in the park. Um, turns out she's reading the book he wrote, which is a... Okay, sometimes, like, I, it's, like, kind of weird when writers write about people writing. And then, like, <laughs> in that, they're, like, other people are reading their book. And I'm like, okay, this is a little fan service for you. That's fine, but it's weird. Yeah, It's, like, a weird inception that mm-hmm. that's why you see very few books of, like, someone is an author in the book. Because yeah. it's just, like, a weird, like, subject to even, like, to write about here i'm gonna write about being an author yeah i was told by my screenwriter teacher that it was like very very lazy it's like write about someone that's interesting writers aren't interesting and it's all like it's like it's like they can be it just depends on who you're writing about you know Mm -hmm. um i feel like it has a certain purpose yeah true (laughs) I feel like having a writer as your main character has to serve a purpose. And in this one, it obviously does. But, like, most of the time mm-hmm. it doesn't. It just gives your character an oblig- an uh, uh, uh. Sorry. It just gives your character an occupation. Uh, which, meh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- th- there's one book, not to derail, but uh, Peter Straub's uh, Ghost Story they kind of have it where the main character is a bit more of a writer and you know i kind of like sat there and thought like oh god like it's like a writer is like the main character but he's not really the main character mm-hmm. uh he's more like an ensemble because that, that's how the book felt like an ensemble kind of uh thing but uh found a really really good way to interject a writer to kind of be more of your um was it your your frame to like some of the other stories, especially whenever like the story is supposed to take place elsewhere outside of the town. And that, that, that person right there did the perfect framework for that and everything. So um, if it's done well, if it's done very, very well, then it can be for your benefit, but it shouldn't be done all the time. You know, there, yeah, it should be used correctly and not just as a lazy writing technique just so you can have your character say something very flowery or, or whatever, you know, as a cop out, sometimes I just make all of my characters, uh, marketing, marketing professionals. Cause I know it like the back of my yeah. hand. So whatever. Yeah. Well, you write what you know. So yeah. Yeah. I, I do, do a lot of like background writers or like they write, but it's not a focus. Mm-hmm. they'll yeah. be like oh what do you do for a career and they're like oh you know i just like freelance right or i i have a pen name and i write and like that's the gist of it mm-hmm. yeah it's fine the the choices we have to make <laughs> so uh we get ben and susan flirting uh ben came to town to write a novel susan wants to leave town to new- go to new york city so obviously we have that going on. So she'll probably end up. Well, I guess she won't. Cause I was going to say, she'll probably end up leaving town with him, 
but I guess we already know from the prologue that she does not, in fact, do that. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Maybe she's in New York City. Who knows? So uh, Stephen King's flirting is terrible. (laughs) In most of his books that I read, it's, I guess it is very 70s flirting, but I'm like, man, come on. Like, like today's flirting is far different because, you know, it's like people try to borrow some of that old school flirting and then it kind of comes off very creepy. Mm-hmm. So then when you really think about it, what counts as flirting in today? Because what could be considered flirting today can still even be called creepy. You know, we yeah. just live in that yeah, kind of, exactly. we live in that kind of world where it's like, oh, I think you're cute. And then the person's like, ew, you creeper. And it's like, oh my God, like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Oh, your There's hair no looks winning. so pretty today. Excuse me, what? I just, I'll say this. Like, I hate, I like demanding men only in fiction. A demanding man flirting in any sense of the capacity when I read it in a book, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Or if my friend came up to me and they're like, he demanded I went to dinner with him, I'd be like, run. That's like 15 red flags right there. Like, <laughs> Don't no. run towards them. Run away from them. <laughs> the other one. It's like you hear like old people's love story and they're like, yeah, well, I just kept showing up at her job and demanding to see her. And you're like, um, what? What? Right. Yeah. You're like, That's like, why didn't you call the weird. cops, grandma? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some of that, depending on the story, goes back to like also, you know, we don't have the connection we used if we do now yeah mm-hmm. you know that's the only way you're ever going to see someone is hi i showed up at your work today how are you doing whereas like now i can be like oh my god rachel <laughs> guess what <laughs> yeah, texting across qu- state lines yeah <laughs> tinder didn't exist in the 70s how are they going to meet people <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> You just In all the ways we find really store. creepy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> after roasting. <laughs> uh, after roasting Stephen King's flirting, um, he trauma dumps uh, the moment he meets Susan, which, you know, what else could you want in a man? Um... <laughs> Only green flags here. <laughs> Listen, Listen gotta lay it out all on the table first off, so they know. Listen, yeah. you grab your glass of wine, and then you're like, "Just so you know, right from the get go, I have a fear of being alone." I uh... <laughs> <laughs> listen. How to get a man one on one? Trauma dump <laughs> rules. Okay. So, um. There's some random dude that seems to have uh, some claim over Susan. So, uh, you know, our main man's Ben is probably going to get in a turf war, fight for her honor. They're going to joust at sunset. We'll see. <laughs> um, Jelson is in his little in his little foreign car and everything, just like hanging out there. It's like <laughs> <laughs> no horses, only foreign vehicles. I, I would pay to see that. I would pay to see that, you know. I just, 
I want it with pool noodles. Um, and like very, very long pool noodles. So they can't stay up all the way and they just flop in the wind. I just think it'd so be funny. <laughs> a little limp. limp. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till people, uh, you know, take that out of context or just misquote me, but it'll be fine. I'll be there. <laughs> can't wait for that audio to end up on TikTok. Anyways. <laughs> so um, we get a bunch of background on this town. Seems like a normal small town, which small town's normal, eh, but you know, whatever. Um, so Susan goes home and tells her mom all about Ben's existence. Susan's mom seems to think she's going to be marrying someone named Floyd. And Susan's like, listen, I told you we broke up. And also, I don't like him. And Susan's mom's like, but Susan, he's your first ever boyfriend. Yeah, Susan's mom is, is is those old school, like, she kind of almost in a sense picked out Susan's husband. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, no, he's a good boy. And it's like, uh, no, he's not, you know, like later on down the road. But like, yeah, uh, it's it's very much grooming. It's it's grooming mm-hmm. yeah. and everything. And it's it's that that stuff was common in, during the 70s. So, yeah, looking at it through today's lens, it's like, ew, that's gross. Um, mm-hmm. But believe it or not, there's still people who do it. There's people who do it today that do grooming. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much what. It's pretty much what Susan's mom is, is a groomer. Yeah, and she's like, hey, this is the man you're going to marry. Don't mind the fact that right now he's probably passed out in his car at Dell's throwing up everywhere. He's the perfect man for you. And oh, it's yeah. like, all right, we're going to take those rose-colored glasses and we're going to throw them in the freaking garbage because this is awful. Yeah. You, you might have to take the whole eyeball out at this point because I think those are just rose-colored at this point. Yeah, how, how did she get the contact lenses in there? I don't understand. Where did you buy them? The contact lenses went on and they just got seared on and they don't come off. Glass eyes, but they're just rose colored. (laughs) So Susan's mom found out that Ben is staying at a place that specifically won't allow sex. And I'm like, why do you have this hotel in your town? This is weird. It's a weird thing to have. It's a very normal thing to have, actually. (laughs) I was like, what? How is she going to (laughs) know? Listening at the door every night. I don't know. Seems weird. All the beds are made squeaky. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. That guy could be in there with a bowl of fruit or something. (laughs) Those cardboard uh, beds from the Olympics. Only those. So um, we finally get the story on on why Ben wants to rent that uh, other place, uh, the Marson House. And apparently the story we get from the get-go is that this rich retired couple lived there and the wife was shot dead in the kitchen. Then a gun was pointed at the front door, ready to fire whenever someone opened the door to see what was going on. And then the husband died by suicide upstairs. And I'm like... That's that's kind of a lot to take in. Kind of a lot to just throw out in chapter two. But it's fine. Like, I like that we just get, hey, here's the history of this really, like, messed up thing that happened in our town. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of setup for Ben. Like, mm-hmm. 
what's weird it's usually you can sit there and you can see in a lot of um like just storytelling in general you know what's your character's weakness what is their purpose for this whole story and it's kind of odd because when when you look at jerusalem's lot um you know it's like it's like okay what what's what's ben's purpose what is ben's purpose here okay it's the right about the house Mm -hmm. you know uh and so yeah when you get like all this it's a whole lot to sit there and swallow in you know uh, about you know ben's actions in here but yeah that that house you know yeah uh, yeah that that's gonna get on to like the next time the, 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 our, our next recording i'll i'll have to jump in a little bit more but yeah the marston house is very very important in this ha- in this town mm-hmm. but like it's also it's kind of like it's like in most king's fiction is there's always that one haunted house in town or just that one house in town that everyone talks about mm-hmm. and it's never ever a, a a good place to be and everything and all right i guess poll time do you, any of you guys have a haunted house in your uh, your towns that's like everybody talks about? Uh, we kind of had this one weird house. Uh, it was actually up the street where I used to live. Um, the neighbors used to own it, but whenever they were getting ready to move, they ended up tearing it down. But like it looked, it looked like something that came out of a Stephen King book. It was it was falling apart. It was deteriorated um i actually been inside it and it's like so freaking eerie uh i remember getting like my, my ass beat just going inside that house it's like you don't ever go inside that house and and it's like why because it's haunted and it's like no it's someone else's property and it's like oh okay <laughs> so that's that's where i learned that as a child you can't just walk in the abandoned houses because you know but yeah that thing got tore down but i remember as a kid walking up the street to wait for the school bus I always used to sit there and think that there was someone outside the window looking down at me. So I felt that vibe and don't feel it anymore now. You know, it's nothing but a bunch of RVs there. So <laughs> now would you have a haunted house? I don't really know about haunted. I mean, the school was haunted, but you know. Yeah, we had school hauntings. What? Um, But there's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just like houses people talk about that's more like can we run these people out of town oh like uh, <laughs> yeah um, uh, every town has a couple of those so but then it's like yeah. we had our quote-unquote middle school was haunted because it was freshly built and we were like in elementary school watching it get built so we just had like plenty of rumors flying around the entire time so there's like this running like superstition that like four people died while building this um because it it was like so it was it's two levels so and there's like a thing that apparently someone fell off the second level and fell a story and died and then like they would quote when if you stayed after hours they would run up the stairs behind you so when we uh we're in middle school and we were after hours at school like we always were because we were in yearbook because we're freaking nerds um (laughs) someone would we'd like dare each other to run up the stairs to see if we could hear the ghost running behind us there was one like that in my florida winchester house florida winchester house yeah Yeah. (laughs) listen florida it's like 
there's not much going on to make it spooky. So you have Florida Man and Gator Man. That's about it. So we have in this town. It's mostly just like you know, little. It's also tourist, mostly mm-hmm. like the majority of the places in town are owned by seasonal residents, and pretty much anything that is older, if it's falling apart, it goes. So something new can go up. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of old. But yeah, the school was haunted. That was fun. And then in college, there was the old frat house, which was the haunted building. And then half the college was haunted anyway, but you know. I can imagine the frat house being haunted. I can believe that right there, but... Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have fraternity or sororities at the house, and they were like, at college... And so the whole, like, superstition behind this house was it was a fraternity. Someone fell off the roof and died. So the college was like, lol, no, you're done. Boarded up the house, just let it to rot. And then everything was done. And so it's apparently, like, a super haunted house. And the curtains have moved while I was there. Like, the top floor wasn't boarded up and you'd go by and like one time the curtains open and then like the next it's closed and it's like yeah it's all of gonna them. walk away real fast now never coming here at night <laughs> all of our hauntings are from the fact that like most of florida used to be where people would go out into the fields and party in high school so it's fine that's most of Florida hauntings. It's like you'll just hear about how some kid died in that field over there. And you're like, why? And then they build like a house on top of it. And you're like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> right. But yeah, the haunting we care about today is the Marston house. Back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> After so many side tangents later. It's fine. That's a fun book? part about We were talking podcast. about a book? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> what? So, when Ben was a kid, as an initiation into his friend group, they made him go into the Super Sketch house, and he's like, I definitely saw a ghost hanging up there, which is supposedly how Mr. Marston died, or Hubby Marston died. And he's like, you know, to get over my childhood trauma, I kind of want to buy the house. I'm like, how about you don't, sir? That seems like a terrible idea. Like, why would you just want to live in your trauma? Let's yeah. just traumatize ourselves some more. Sounds yeah. like a great plan. That Bad trauma move. can overlap the other trauma, and we'll forget about the childhood trauma. You know, it's fine. Yeah, why not? Right? <laughs> so Make one problem go away by creating another. Facts. After they go on their date, and he discusses all of his childhood trauma because you know, same. Um, they're sitting on the porch and there's a light on in the attic of the Marston house, which should not have any power at all because nobody lives there. So there's that. Spooky. And then Ben kisses Susan because what's more romantic than a haunting? Well, of course. And then we also find out his first wife's name is Miranda. Sorry, what? It was consensual, you know. It's not like she was beating him. It's like, no, off me. Like, <laughs> but, 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 like, very much Susan was, like, completely, like, schoolgirl dazed over, you know. Like, this whole meeting with Ben and everything, it's, 
you know, she, she's in love. It's, it's obviously we can tell just from her reaction to him, nothing ever happens in the lot. Nothing ever happens. So to have someone that grew up in the lot Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, come back and, you know, it's like, Oh my God, someone famous is here. And they kind of came through here. It's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> Susan gives me the vibes of she would 100% make out in a graveyard just for the vibe. That's the energy I, I'm getting. I got the vibe when she first met Ben of possibly very creepy fangirl. Like the ones that are like, hmm, let me go like get the address of this person and stand outside and like yell at them until they love me. So <laughs> like an Annie Wilkes. <laughs> Yeah, from misery, See, we're, right? We're overlapping King. We're overlapping King here, you know, with other folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of like Susan. I don't know why. She's really weird, but like also, I just like the energy. I like the vibe. She grows yeah. on you a lot. Yeah. And... Yeah. But, but, but so do a lot of characters. Even some of the characters you even question in this book. Um, like some people that you probably would never have fraternized whatsoever in real life. But when you read this book, it's like, oh, my God, like, I generally actually care for this person. Why do I care about this person? And that's just that's just the power of King's work. You know, mm-hmm. he yeah. could turn a villain that had sat there and done the most heinous act and he can make you probably fall in love with that character. Fair. It's like Randall Flagg. So good writing skills <laughs> like Ralphie. We kind of hate him, but now we kind of feel bad for him because he's missing. <laughs> but chapter three, the lot we're going to get introduced to the entire town here in a chapter. So this is a whole bunch. So we get the first characters waking up at 4 a.m. to milk cows. And I was like, that sounds awful. <laughs> 4 a.m.? No, I stay up till 4 a.m. You will not catch me waking up at 4 a.m. That's disgusting. Oh, my gosh. That's my when grand- the light comes up. That's when you got to get up. No, yeah. my grandmother used to live on a farm. and She still wakes up at like... 5 a.m. And I'm like, why do you do this yourself? Farm work never ends. You have to do it from basically dawn to dusk. Yeah. Because, you know, 1 a.m. the cows decided they were going to go for a midnight stroll down to the the supermarkets. Now you got to go round them all up, bring them back home. (laughs) You could not catch me. I I would own a farm, but it would just be plants because plants can't leave plants Plants are stuck plants cannot uh go onto this expressway and run around rampant through a town no thank you i don't want to deal with it if you have it big enough you still gotta get up at 4 (laughs) a.m i'm just gonna have uh the moon cat and that's it that sounds good for me i don't want a farm from her stories moon cats all she can handle so it's <laughs> especially on stream when when yeah yeah this morning i was trying to get reading done and she decided that was the proper time to try and destroy the house in my presence so of course yeah i was like sitting out there and she screams which she is ought to do when she is not allowed into a place and so i was like fine you can go into the bedroom i don't care and she walks in the bedroom, looks around, screams again. And I'm like, I don't know what to help you with. And then she wanted to go outside for a little bit. So I opened the patio door. She walks outside. They're mowing. She didn't like that. Comes back in. 
gets mad at them for mowing. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, Kat. And now she's taking a power nap because apparently her morning was very stressful. (laughs) But anyways, um, we get uh, to hear about a boy named Hal and he hates school and he wants to drop out, which mood Hal, love that for you. Don't drop out though, kids, if you're listening to this. I don't know why, but it's fine. Don't drop out of school. It gets harder after school. Whether you drop out or not, it just all gets harder. So enjoy school while you can, you know. You don't have to go to college, but you do have to finish high school. Them's the rules. Yes. Um, So they are bragging about $16,000 a year. And it did make me want to ball my eyes out for a moment because... Uh, could you imagine that being a lot of money? Because simply, I don't understand. I wish I could survive on sixteen grand a year. That would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made thirteen last year. <laughs> the audacity that you had to sit there and instill that on us. <laughs> I just. <laughs> My rent is so expensive, Nova. It's so expensive. They were going to raise my rent to sixteen forty. Move to me. Sh- shitty one bedroom. I think it's not a <laughs> shitty apartment, but it's like it's not the best. Matt was trying to convince uh, Roger that we need a gaming house and a nice house. big house. house. Yeah, <laughs> or like big lot with lots of little houses. Camp can be our hi- hype house. <laughs> There's no internet there. There's no power there. There's no running water there. (laughs) There's no running water? No. Noah, I don't know how to tell you this. Um, I know we talked about once doing a writing retreat. I can't poop in the woods. I can't make it happen. (laughs) There's an outhouse. Does that make it any better? I'm uncertain. (laughs) It's like a little bathroom. But like, doesn't have plumbing. That's no. It's it's just a big hole in the ground. But <laughs> you, there there is like a toilet there. There's no flushing, but everything else is just in there. Everything so. just goes down. The only thing you have to worry about down is to where past. down how far. <laughs> what do you do? So do you like shit, and then you like lift it up, and you're like, oh, I gotta go dig the whole shitting hole and throw it all in there and just cover it. Like, what do you do? Do you just like honest, let it I, I smell? I don't know all the, the all the dimensions, but no. usually <laughs> I love the crisis I've just put you in. Listen, it's beautiful. I love seeing it. I'm never going. I, I unless we get an RV, it's not happening because I it wouldn't make it out there. The road doesn't go all the way. <laughs> So you have to, like, hike to get there? Not very far. There's a road that goes almost to it. It just is so terrible that, like, even Dad's truck drags. This is a horror story that even Rachel came and handle. <laughs> Hiking to go take a poop. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I, I told I you all of this information previously, and you're like, oh, okay. Apparently forgot i don't think i knew about the plumbing i think i knew there was no internet but i don't (laughs) think i wrapped my head around the bathroom situation (laughs) yeah i was like there's no plumbing there's no electric 
I think I just traumatically forgot that because uh, that's horrifying to me and I don't know what to do with that information. But no, the outhouse you use just like you go to the toilet and it just doesn't flush. Yeah. But like sooner or later you do sit there and you bury it all and then you just move it to another location. Yeah. No. no. But like that would not well, be something you'd have to do. Well, yeah, that, that's not your issue. That's whoever runs the uh, the camp. That'd you know? be like mine or my dad's. Heaven forbid you actually step in that area while it's still fresh and everything after being buried. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, my God. You better hope you compact that area because all I can think of is like. We have oh, stuff just... that you put in it and it like helps. All I'm you saying, don't even I'm know. Just... Okay, okay. What if we did like a beachside writing retreat? <laughs> I'm. Just throwing I hate that the out ocean. There. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what if so we she's did, okay like... shitting in the ocean, but not okay shitting in the ground. So. Right. <laughs> I don't know, you know. <laughs> Poor fish. <laughs> right? You're and just going to like in a condo. Go riding a tree in a condo. They're going to um, question if that's a baby Ruth or not. And... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do like, I don't know, mountains of Tennessee where they have power and electric or something. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> we could go to uh, Mackinac Island in Michigan one summer. Have you ever been to Mackinac Island? No. They have no uh, no cars are allowed on the entire island. See it? I have heard of it. Yeah, it's very cool. That's a horror story right there. I mean, they have snowmobiles, so <laughs> that'll somehow drive off the island and dies. <laughs> Well, no, like they wait until it's frozen and then everybody goes into like off the island on snowmobiles. Oh my god. I know there's like a boat because I saw people yeah. on TikTok talking about living there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a boat. And they just ride bikes. I do know about it. It's a nice that, town. Uh, that's nice. not too bad. It's not yeah, bad. it's only eight miles all the way around. And they have horse drawn really? characters and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it a little bit more bigger, but okay. You know, it's that's small. not too bad. Yeah, they got like one strip with everything important. And then like ferry ride is like eight or ten bucks each way or something. Maybe it's round trip, I don't know. It's too fucking expensive. I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't that live we take there. is free, so like <laughs> I wouldn't live there, but like fun little riding retreat in somewhere that has I'd running water. There. I like I don't like not having access to things. It gives me anxiety. I hate people, I hate civilization. People do live there. There is a whole residential side of this island. I know, but there's not a whole lot of people. Yeah, but the horror movies that I've seen, like, to me, that's where, like, the werewolves come to eat you, or you become some wicker man sacrifice, you know. I am fine with that. If you become a werewolf and you don't offer to change me into a werewolf, Nova, I will consider this friendship void. I just want to throw that out there. If I don't change you? If you don't offer, at least. Oh, Okay. You're, I, you're I not getting an offer at this point. You're just coming like, with me. Whatever. We, we're going down together. <laughs> we you're going to be a snacker. You're going to be a member of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> um. Anyways. So, <laughs> so how? Then you really yeah. would have to learn how to shit in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when you're like a wolf, like shitting in the woods isn't as difficult. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. 
<laughs> we went from like hell to shitting in the woods to living on an island to like you better turn me into a werewolf or else our friendship is over. <laughs> I thought I thought I was horrible with this. So why does this wolf dog keep using the toilet in Central Park? It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk into her restroom and it's like, what's this wolf doing here? Oh my god. Close the stop. They're going <laughs> animal control and you're just like they come in, they just hear the toilet flush and you walk out and like, hold on, I gotta wash my paws. <laughs> They're like question. It's like, do we use the net or like? I don't think we have enough drink for this. Do we use the net or do we ask her nicely at this point? It's like, man, can you please get in the back of the truck? <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Can you imagine a story about someone a werewolf being caught by animal control? Pushing back after the full moon. That should be so funny. The next day they come in and you're standing there and you're like, Can I have clothes? <laughs> you know what? That, that, like... that, 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 that's a short film idea. That's a short film idea. <laughs> it's also like a short romance novel idea. Just throwing that out there, too. Oh my god. The, the woman is a uh, animal catcher and the guy is turned into a werewolf. And... Or vice versa. Either option I'm okay with. <sighs> Oh we we met in the bathroom. She sat there and saw me struggling to sit there and bite my own ass. She <laughs> <laughs> saw me I, standing at a urinal and thought it was kind of weird. My first thought was, wow, she was so beautiful. And her first thought was, how much tranquilizer juice am I going to need to put this fucker down? <laughs> okay. I keep on keeping So how? How again? Let's go back to how. So, um, he says that there are two kinds of people, people you can't push around and people you can. And I'm like, okay, that's a way to look at the world, I guess. Through a child's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, he's like, and my dad's one of those people that you push around. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Weird. (laughs) Um, so now it's 430 AM and we're getting the milkman, uh, who is thinking of retiring now that his wife has quote finally died? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what was up with all these people like marrying people they hated in the 70s, but like, Jesus Christ. It's still today, you know. If, if you mm-hmm. really know like your neighbors and everything, like they'll be like, Why the hell did I marry this son of a bitch? And like, divorce like... is an option. I don't understand. Yeah, but with divorce comes settlements, and that's even more expensive. Yeah. So to them, it's it's just pour a little bit of cyanide in their coffee every morning and everything. So until then, you know, work your ass off I, until your wife dies, and then take your retirement. Go date some twenty year old and try to retrieve your youth back and everything, and have a midlife crisis. Yeah, there you go. That's what it's called. Yeah, I just said it the most ugliest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just read your mind. Don't worry about it. So then we have 5.15 a.m. and we're hanging out with uh, Eva Miller. And I'm like, I was trying to figure out if this was a countdown to catastrophe, which in a way, yes. But I guess it's just like a good way to break up the day. But I was like, there's so many people awake way too early in the morning. Yeah. 
And then we got 6.05 a.m., which is a very specific time, uh, with Sandy McDonald, and she's telling her baby to shut up and having a whole lot of child abuse. Yeah. Uh, every time that I read this book, it's it's always hard to sit there and, and check up on the, I think it's the McDougals, if I remember correctly. Oh, I think yeah, that looks more right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is like the part of the book that I kind of wish I could skip all the time, but I, I still read it, and it's like there is no saving grace with this bitch. Well, I'm just like, like there, there is not, you know. Yeah, for she got like forced into marriage, and then she has this kid she doesn't want. She like tried to follow what everybody told her she had to follow, and hate everyone and everything, including her child. And I'm like, okay, like it's. I don't think it's too late to give your kid up for adoption, to be honest. Because at least, but then she would, she she would have to fight the husband over that of of giving up the child. Yeah, yeah. Which again, glad divorce is more commonplace now. Because, oh god. Even then, it's still messy. But when we when we meet later with with the husband, it's like, you know. It, it's kind of it more or less just makes you ask how did she even hook up with someone like this because i think what was it a she wasn't like the best and brightest at her school but like i think she was like considered kind of like the hot girl mm-hmm. at that time and like you know kind of looking back in my high school you kind of still see some of those where it's like oh they had the whole world ahead of them and then they got pregnant super early you know and you kind of like look at them as like oh wow like their life looked like they kind of fell apart you know not saying you know having children at a young age does that like i've seen people have outstanding careers and wonderful lives and everything but there are just some of those folks that they just fall into the dredges of society and it's like once school is out it's like they they just lose it you know it it pulls them down whereas like other people lifts them up yeah it just drags them down. And- I, I never really like using the term peak in high school because it's like, it's like really no one in high school ever really peaks. You know, if you really look at it, no one really peaks there. But yeah, you, you kind of start sitting there and really seeing who are the doers and who are the not not so doers. Like who's willing to work and willing to put up the life they really, really want. And, you know, mm-hmm. th- this book covers almost everyone that's in every single small town. This is this has got to be when it gets to these parts of the book of the lot where it's like lot one, two. And I think I think there's three or four chapters of the lot where you just get a really good circumference of the characters and everything and what they're going through. This book does it so freaking well. Yeah. And everything. And this, this is a really, really good perception of how this is what the town is before, you know, barlow and everyone else in the in you know what's going on and then you just catch up with them and sometimes it's something nice sometimes it's absolute horror and you know it's it kind of makes you connect with the town a little bit more um so then we got 6 45 a.m with mike uh rikerson and uh he's like in charge of like taking care of the dead bodies i don't remember what that's called but uh it's a caretaker yeah. Mike finds this dog skewered outside of the cemetery and I'm like, why? Why did that happen? Yeah. Poor puppy. Just 
I it's just random and out of the blue. And then, you know, we get hints later about uh like I forget that, like, there was a whole satanic panic in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So we get some nods to that a little bit. I'm like, okay. Whoops, I forgot that happened. Every yeah. time I find it, out it, about it, it surprises me. It, it gets it gets slipped under the rug pretty damn quick, though. Like, they're like, oh, Satanists. And it's all like, really? Like, the Satanists up here? It's like, they're everywhere. And it's like, yeah. Um, it's the, the media's portrayal of Satanism and all that definitely was not good yeah. you know so but yeah uh th- this scene punched me in the stomach too um yeah it's really sad especially when you see the owner of doc later and he's like can't sleep because he misses his dog and i'm like oh yeah you know so now it is 8 a.m with charlie and he's kicking children off the school bus for speaking like the entire bus has to be silent and then these people tried to pass notes and he kicked them off the school bus and i'm like dude why it's like there's just some people who just don't like children you know <laughs> and they always end up being school bus drivers which i never understand well I used to be close to a school bus driver and some on my bus, we used to have the most rowdiest kids. So I can probably get a good feeling why they don't like children. (laughs) They're loud. They're obnoxious. They don't listen to the rules. You know, there's always one little asshole standing up, running up and down the damn railway. Um, You know, kind of makes you not really want to like kids because, you know, they're not around their parents. They're not around any real authority figure, you know, so you're kind of helpless. You're, 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 you're stuck in between driving the bus off the road or just <laughs> stopping the bus and beating the shit out of them. Like, you know, that's the only, you know, that's the stress that they're stuck in. And they're just over here. Like, I just need to get these kids home and everything so that I can go to the bar, go to Dell's and go have a drink and everything. And like, that's pretty much just kind of, you know, at least that's from a child's eyes at the time seeing the bus driver. It's all like they can easily kill us so damn easily. But, you know, they have so much patience and, and willpower. See, the funny thing about me is uh, my school installed uh, this like program called Safety Patrols for us. Um, so in that part of your power was that you got to write referrals for other students. Like, I think they were just, they weren't like, oh my God, strictly referrals. It was more of like a warning from us. And then like the teachers reviewed them. But, um, we also had power still on the school bus. And we had like these little like vest things we wore called safety patrols. So that's how they prevented like the rowdiness of middle school. Or I think it was mostly elementary school is like instilling this, situation on the bus and then we'd all like monitor and report other students which was a little weird but now that i think about it but you know yeah no down here in texas you'd been bullied out of your position like immediately (laughs) (laughs) texas children can be mean you know i think that's just how we were raised we were just raised to be mean to each other (laughs) uh it is now 9 a.m with craig we learn more about uh ralph miller's death and apparently he worked 
Okay. Sorry. This is the second Ralph. So I just got confused in my own notes because we have Ralph and then we have Ralphie. So yeah. Um, apparently he worked in the office when the fire broke out and they had to have uh, employees mostly put out the fire because the fire department sucks and is far away. Um, but he didn't die there. He later dies by slipping into uh, a shredder at the mill nine years after the fire. I'm like, why are we learning about the fire then? For dramatic effect, I guess? Uh, the fire does actually come into effect later on. Oh, okay. Um, there, there, okay. there is a backstory with Ben where it talks about Ben's time in the lot because he wasn't born in the lot. He he went to go live with his aunt who lived in the lot, and that's how he kind of knew some of the folks. Mm-hmm. He he went to the schools and everything. So fire is a real huge symbolism in this book. Okay. So it, it comes up very much. Okay, good to know. Now we are at 10 a.m. Uh, with the high uh, with the school Billy bully Richie, and he keeps using queer as a slur, which is just not great. Very 70s, but still, I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they didn't I, have I PC hate... culture back then. <laughs> I hate when, like, people use that kind of stuff, but at the same time, like, if it's part of the character, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have, you have to be you know, faithful for the character at the time. People like that who are just trash. Yeah. And it's like, you can't... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my thoughts on it. <laughs> Just yeah, screams. I mean, he's supposed to be a terrible person. He is a terrible person. He used terrible exactly. Slur. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. But I'm also like, it and then we watch uncomfortable at the same time. Yeah, and then we got watch Richie get beat up. So it's like, or Ralphie get beat up. I don't know why I wrote Richie in my notes. His name is Ralphie, <laughs> but it's fine. Um. So yeah, we watch Ralphie get beat up. So that's good. Uh. He's like goes to make fun of this kid who's a nerd, and he's like four eyes. The kid like bends his arm and almost breaks his arm. And I'm like, yeah, good, love that. This is our introdu- introduction to Matt. Now, that, that's who that, that that was Matt that br- almost broke his arm. So oh, Matt from prequel from the prequel. Yeah, th- this is oh. our introduction to Matt and everything because okay. he looks at Matt as a sissy and everything because he wears glasses and. He just he's just a new kid. So mm-hmm. that's just pretty much it. And so you know how bullies are new kid on first day. Yeah. And it backfired, you know. Yeah, in a spectacular way. It was very good. Yeah. And then it's eleven fifteen with uh Dud Rogers, and he's what they call a dump custodian. Which is I think they just made up a job for this man. Um, it's it I've never heard it called that, but, like, yeah, you usually have someone at, like, especially, like, a landfill who usually is, like, the monitor of it. Mm -hmm. Like, when you have your trash day, they come in and, you know, they kind of direct things. I've also never heard them live at the dump. But, I, yeah. I I kind of think that he's almost like Weasel Craig, where he's, like, almost homeless, but they kind of found a job for this guy. And so it's all, like, I don't even know if they actually even know he lives there. I don't think they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he's homeless and that's just, he has some place to be and do things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's his daily job to go buy his daily bullets, to go shoot his daily rats and everything. And yeah, lots of rats in this novel. Yeah. 
So then it is uh, noon, and we get Lawrence Crockett. He's a real estate person. And then someone named Straker comes by to buy the Martin house for a single dollar, as well as a piece of, like, uh, office building situation. Like a storefront, Mm -hmm. I guess. In um, town. Also for a dollar. Super sketchy. And he's like, we're going to have a deal, you and I. You're going to do whatever I say. And I don't really understand what Lawrence's benefit is, but he's doing it, so there's that. What if if he if he gives into this, then uh, there is supposed to be like a mall being built in a certain location that I think uh, Straker is going to give him. If I remember, I think it's like a, like a land deed or something like that, or I think it's supposed to be some type of uh, supposed to be some type of uh, title or whatever. But pretty much, if he follows along with this. Crockett's going to make more money off of this deal than what he thinks. So he has to deal with the $1. He has to get rid of the old laundromat uh, or sell the laundromat in the Marston house for a buck. Uh, and he's supposed to get some type of land deed or title. And he, he'd get more money, but it's more of an investment later down the road and oh, everything. Okay. So yeah, that that's pretty much it. Stricker walked in there demanding and saying, you're not going to lose money on this deal, but, if you help, you'll get this and everything. And if you mention this to anyone, then you won't get shit. You know, so yeah. Straker definitely knew how to he definitely knew how to how to work um Crockett in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knew this guy is uh very like in the gray dealings. Uh so then we are on to uh one PM with Susan again. Not much happens over there. 3 p.m. with Bonnie uh, Sawyer, and we just see her cheating on her husband for no reason. Happened a lot. Yeah, guess so. Uh, Then we're on to 4 p.m. with Ben again. He finished writing, and then he looks out at the Marston house and sees that there's a car there. 5 p.m. with Matthew Burke. He's an English teacher. And then he also notices that someone's at the Marston house. Marston house. And then we're on to 6 p.m. with Bill. He's Susie's dad, uh, and he's bonding with Ben, which is kind of weird. Like, they talk a lot, like, basically the same. Yeah. A little bit, which is strange to me, but... And the mom, like, freaking hates Ben. Yeah, mom is like, Ben, no. Yeah. Yeah. Seemingly for no reason, to be honest. Well, I do think that she doesn't look at Ben as an actual member of the lot mm-hmm. and everything and you know also too she keeps listening to another member of the lot which does a lot of gossiping mm-hmm. so for one she doesn't feel oh this man randomly came in he stole my daughter's heart ho- my daughter's heart you know she's all goo goo for gaga while she was still somewhere in a relationship with her previous you know mm-hmm. love and um there's some red flags there but like you kind of have like a little bit of an understanding, but other than that, she, she wants this one boy to be her, her son-in-law and not Ben. And it's, it's more the, it's more of her own thoughts of he's a writer. He's not really a man. He doesn't have any job where, you know, his hands are rough and coarse, like, like the other members of the lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it kind of pisses her off that he's already won over the husband. You know, which usually it's the switch effect in most relationships. It's harder to get 
dad's blessing than it is mom. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then we're on to 7 uh, p.m. with Floyd Tibbetts. Uh, he's at a bar and they're just randomly talking about Satan worshippers, as you do, apparently. Uh, we're at 7.30 p.m. with Marjorie and she's the mother of the school bully. And the kids are going to go and like mess with uh, that kid that he picked on earlier. They're going to go like i guess pick on him again i don't really know um but they were headed that way and Mm -hmm. they decided to cross through the woods and then you know suddenly they feel like they're enveloped by darkness and then we get flipped to 9 p.m uh with mabel and she's eavesdropping on random people's phone calls and spying on people with binoculars and it's 11 59 p.m and we're getting some sort of devil worship joke again about like the Lord of the Flies and like in the graveyard and not really sure what's going on with that, but that's what happens there. Yeah. Going back to Marjorie, mm-hmm. uh, Marjorie is the Glick boys' mother. And what it is is the boys want to sit there and they want to go visit uh, Mark because Mark supposedly has like this uh new horror like monster model and everything but Mm -hmm. their mother doesn't approve of it so like they have to like kind of hush hush and kind of cover it up Mm -hmm. just for them to sit there and go run out right before dark to go visit mark so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like mark's only friends if you could kind of say friends but mark is still new here Mm -hmm. and everything so that's pretty much it's supposed to set up for the next chapter with the glick boys and everything and what happens to them and what essentially kicks off all of this supernatural drama that the rest of the book unfolds, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, that's all we have to talk about today. And we're going to continue reading on with the next chapters next week. But um, we'll start with you, Nova, I guess. Nova, where can the people of the internet find you and your stuff? Dear God. (laughs) You always ask me this and I'm always like, immediately blank uh <laughs> you can pretty much find me anywhere at novasaurus rex there you a go a good way to sum it up james where you can, can find you everything else it? from there yeah 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 it's <laughs> so, all linked together whatever works. yeah uh for, for me you can find me on any of the socials at the gothic storyteller i have a link tree everywhere so it links you to everything so it's not that hard to find me once you find you know you know at everything there so yeah i also have a link tree and it's just very out of date (laughs) i I feel that right like lots of things that have to go on it (laughs) my bad but we will catch you all in the next chapter bye bye see you later Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on all the major platforms. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and those are the only ones that really matter to me. I try and use Twitter. I'm not very good at it. Next month's Patreon is going to be about Salem's Lot, the 2004 version. So if you want to watch that movie uh, when we get to the end of the episodes, feel free to do so. 
And also, if you join the Patreon, you can join for as low as $1. You get access to a bunch of bonus episodes. There's like a year's worth of bonus episodes on there now. Plus, just like a bunch of other cool things. And you get episodes early, so you get it on Monday instead of Wednesdays. So that's fun. So consider joining, because why not? Plus, you know, it helps support the show, and I appreciate it. Also, if you want to see my face once in a while, I am on Twitch, so you can do writing sprints with me, especially because Nano's coming up, and I am determined to finally finish one of the books that I'm trying to write, okay? It's gonna happen one day, and I'm just hoping that day will be this month. I don't know. I'm doing my best, okay? But without further ado... Um, we will see you guys in the next episode where we are going to be continuing on with Salem's Lot. Okay, bye!